Hello and welcome to Psychological Safety in Teams podcast series with me, your host, Sheila Wary, in which we hear insights and tips from leaders on how they and the teams they're a part of are creating a psychologically safe and high-performing environment. It is my aim to illuminate ways for you to increase your own levels of psychological safety in teams and how you can set up the conditions for others to do the same. I hope you enjoy the discussions. Hello and welcome. I'm delighted to have with me today Julia Ladera Castellero, who manages nine-digit quarterly ads revenue and a multinational team at Google's headquarters in Dublin, Ireland where she's been working since 2006. Julia heads up the Central European Large Customer Business at Google's Comparison Shopping Centre, Google Shopping. As part of her work, Julia not only manages customer-facing teams, but also leads on a variety of projects, many of them cross-functional. Beyond her work at Google, Julia is a certified executive in Leadership Coach, In fact, it was on a course on team coaching that we met last year. Both in her corporate work and private practice, Julia puts an emphasis on career and performance coaching, which is anchored in identifying and building success from individuals' values and personal strengths. And I'm really looking forward to hearing more on her approach today. Julia, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Sheila. I'm delighted to be with you today. And Julia, you know that in series one, we focused on how to build psychological safety in teams. And in series two of this podcast, we're now really turning our attention to how to ensure accountability within a team while continuing to cultivate psychological safety. And I know the work in the work that you do, it's a very revenue driven environment. And yet I also know from talking with you that you really understand the importance of keeping psychological safety in mind as you hold your teams to account for hitting their necessary target KPIs. So I'm just wondering to kind of kick off the conversation, is there anything you'd like to share about that before we dive into this conversation? Yes, sure, Sheila. So I think the whole topic is a really, really important one. And I think um, in a what arguably is a high-pressure environment um, because we're, we're focused on, on delivering hard KPIs and sales. You know, you would um, maybe think that that, that should just comes with the topic of sales, let's say. However, high-pressure and unpredictable environments where you don't know how you will be held to account, they're not sustainable in terms of delivery, in terms of um, high performance. Um, people don't feel safe if they don't know how they're going to be held to account or if they're being pressured in unhealthy ways. Um, and so the bottom line will suffer. I think there's also something about top talent. So people who are very good at their jobs will not tolerate a psychologically unsound environment. They will leave and you're undermining your, your, your talent pool. So I think those two things and a couple more probably uh, reasons why it's in our own best interest as leaders to focus on that psychological safety piece. Yeah, I mean, what I'm really hearing you share there is that, yes, of course, focus. It's fundamental that there's a focus in your role on, on revenue and on hitting KPIs, but that still the foundation of that needs to be psychological safety. 
so you and I are very in line there. I'm wondering, to start, um, if you could um, perhaps share with us, Julia, in terms of how do you maintain the emphasis on that accountability for those results within your team while not losing sight of that psychological safety? Yeah, yeah, good question. So I think it all starts with understanding what am I being held accountable for? So um, that's the, kind of the contract you have with your teams and your people is to say what are goals, objectives, how are we going to measure them, and how are we going to be judged in terms of our um, performance? Um, so once that is in place, it can, it, it's way more predictable um, what the feedback from your leaders is going to be. Um, there's a common set of rules for everybody. And that I think is really important as well to have the same set of rules apply to everyone and have goals that are consistent with each other. Um, so that it really has to be where it all starts. I think in terms of what I've seen people getting uh, feeling stressed about or, or feeling under pressure about, there's also an element of how we do our work. So it's not only the number you are supposed to deliver, but there's also an often kind of implicit expectation about how you're going to show up at work. And if that doesn't meet the expectation, you might be held accountable in ways that surprise you. Um, and I think you should consider as a, as a company and as a leadership team to make some of those how expectations explicit as well. So things like collaborating with others, things like how we treat our customers, those can be codified to a certain extent. So that leaves you with, this is what I'm supposed to deliver and this is how I'm supposed to deliver this. And this is what you should be um, feeding back on uh, as, a, as a leader, not on random things, what has been agreed uh, in the first place. And I think maybe two more things on that. Um, one is leaderships. Leadership teams should have goals as well and that are obviously consistent, but also are clearly communicated. And they should hold themselves accountable to those goals vis-a-vis um, -vis their teams um, very transparently. And all of it has to kind of fit into the culture of that workplace. So not all workplaces need to be, let's call them soft environments. They just need to have a culture that is clear or, or felt by everyone and then whatever you agree has to be consistent with that culture. If I were to summarize very briefly what I heard there, Julia, it's the, the bits that stood out for me was setting expectations. So being really clear in terms of the what, like what's expected of you, what's, you know, what are the goals, what are we trying to achieve and how do we measure them? And then the how of that, how do we go about interacting with each other and working towards those results? And then I also heard you talk about the sort of the, the leadership team holding themselves, so really role modelling that and holding themselves to account and making sure that that is fitting with the culture that you're, you know, that you're trying to work towards or, or have created. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that last piece, you know, um, role modeling is, is the essential piece. Yeah, otherwise, there's a kind of cognitive dissonance um, for our teams that, that by its, in and by itself will not make them feel uh, psychologically safe. Yeah, so I'm hearing you talk with real 
consciousness or, or suggesting that there needs to be a real level of consciousness around the culture that you create, uh, about how you're setting expectations, what those expectations are, and then, uh, you know, as we've just said, then really making sure that you're, you're setting that standard as, as a leader. So a lot to, uh, to cover there, Julia. I think probably the next question I'd love to ask around that then is, what have you found most challenging? as you've worked to do that, either for yourself or perhaps anything you've noticed that your team struggle with or both? Yeah, so I think there's a um, couple of things uh, that can go wrong. Um, so once, you know, the must is having in place what are we being held accountable to, but then it's providing feedback on how it's going, all right? Because having this in place and then not acting on it is, is really unhelpful. Um, and what I've observed in, in leadership teams oftentimes is, you know, an unhealthy avoidance of conflict and trying to hold back on feedback uh, for longer than is really healthy. Um, and this is paired with human tendency of avoiding criticism at the receiving end. So we, we all try to create this harmonic environment and what it ends up being is just, you know, people not delivering they know they're not delivering, so they are not really feeling happy or safe, but it's not being uh, talked about. And then at some stage, it all falls apart. There's a, a performance feedback conversation that goes, that's very intense, uh, for instance, um, or others around that person are failing on account of them. So that can be a really unhealthy spiral. So I think one very important thing then with this challenge is to have a really robust feedback culture in place so that it feels from the get-go um, that it's normal to check in on your achievements, check in on what was agreed, that is very explicit, it's not about you, it's about what was agreed, and make it um, so that it becomes something that you tolerate at least, but hopefully even thrive on, because it helps you um, succeed. And I think you know it's very important, especially when new team members join the team, that they get exposed to this very quickly, it's a time when it feels less threatening to receive feedback because you're new to the team. And I also think that we sometimes tend to drop the ball on more senior people joining the company. There's a sense that, oh, you know, these people know what they're doing. Um, a sign of their competency is that they um, manage by themselves. And this is where we see, yeah, just leaders not do, doing the best within that uh, culture. And, and maybe even feedback not being delivered the way it should be. The first thing for me is um, that harmony piece. I hear that a lot when I work with teams and ask, and ask you know, what, what creates a good team? And often I hear harmony, you know, and then, and then it becomes much more talking about, okay, maybe not harmony, but how can we have productive and healthy uh, debate or conflict? I think people sort of shy away from the word conflict when in fact it's really quite essential in a team, isn't it, to be able to kind of talk through those issues, which is what I'm hearing. And then you you talk about this robust feedback culture and, and, and I really resonated with where you were talking about not, uh, it's not what you've done, it's what we've agreed on. So it's not sort of a personal um, attack, it's more let's look at, at what we've, what we agreed at the outset and how we can work on that. And I also love the piece there, Julia, where you talked about new team members coming in and that at that point it's actually a good place to start with them because they're not expected to know 
Anything else that you want to touch on there? Yeah, I suppose, you know, again, coming from the environment that I, I have worked in is um, what can happen and be really challenging is when leadership is under pressure. You know, those those quarters that we have where the vice president or the customer or whoever is really, really putting on a lot of pressure. And this is where you need to hold firm. You know, whatever was um, your approach in the good times has to be the same approach in, in what's going on. And you need to, you know, not withdraw into meeting rooms and figure out what are we going to do with the business? You have to do that, yes, but you also have to spend time with the teams that are going to deliver whatever is that on top that has to be delivered now under pressure. Um, and that exactly is the time to spend more time with, with the teams um, and to renegotiate what, what, what the new accountability is um, or to affirm that, um, that the old expectations are still in place. And I think this is also where we as leaders have to scan ourselves very much. So I, I do believe that as a leader, you have to be very self-aware and understand your own leadership style. And if you yourself feeling under pressure and, and defensive, um, that might, you know, you, the way you show up can, can really change. And that um, can destroy trust in a way. And that is very hard to fix um, if, if you don't get that right. And the more senior the leader, the more responsibility they have for, for not ha making that happen. Yeah, completely agree with you. And in terms of the piece around being under pressure, and then that can be, you know, that's one of the things that I often see, of course, is high stakes situation, people under pressure, that's when they actually, things start to fall by the wayside. And what I heard you say there was defensive. It's It sounds like for you, perhaps, the minute you hear, you feel yourself becoming defensive, it's almost like a a flag, you know, it's time to scan myself and, and look inwards what's going on for me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also it, within all of this is um, a commitment by leadership teams to spend time on these topics. So the conversation I'm having with you now, it has to happen within the leadership team. You know, it's not only me as an individual leader, but me, if I'm the leader of that leadership team, if I'm a member, we all have to operate in the same way. Again, I'm coming from a large company where we would have these big teams. Um, but that has to be really, really a discussion that has been had and something where we, we all show up in a certain way. Or we have the culture where we can call, call um, each other out if we're kind of dropping uh, the ball. I think it's also a moment where managers of managers need to show up in a very clear way and say, not, okay, how are we going to close this gap? But how are you leading your people through this? How are you harnessing the skills and strengths that you know about your teams to, to get that extra mile um, yeah. going that we need? So rallying a positive way uh, rather than, you know, falling apart and saying, okay, you didn't do this, you know, um, this can't possibly work. Uh, so it's really, really important. I'm really hearing a top-down, bottom-up approach. You know, we often hear about uh, leaders needing to role model, but you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that teams are subcultures and, and if you work on, on a team, it can have an impact 
on on those around them and on other teams and um, I'm visualizing there Julia you know the in your situation the leadership team being very clear and conscious about the sort of behaviors that, and the way that they want to act but then also that rippling down and then the teams themselves having really strong expectations which actually then supports that upwards yeah exactly so i think you know if you have that culture in place where people feel i have clarity what's expected of me but i have autonomy in how i'm going to deliver that then you have the opportunity to to harness strengths or or, or intrinsic motivation um and, and 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 kind of rally people in a certain um direction because they will feel empowered they won't be risk averse in terms of making decisions or making suggestions even in terms of what we could be doing you know in an ideal world if you're under pressure your team just steps up and and you know has has ideas and and um, feels uncomfortably excited about trying to hit something and you tell them look this is what we're aiming for we know it's going to be hard but you know i i i really believe that if all of us do what we do best and we'll be surprised by what we can do. So I think a little bit of inspiration and vision, if you've done your your other homework well, that's that's where you want to be in those really rough uh, spots. Mm, so that was going to be a question I was going to ask. Actually, was in that high pressure environment, for instance, and you know that you need to go in and work more with the team, as you've said. And how do you do that? But what I've heard you say there is that you have a good understanding of your individual team members. You know their strengths. You know their areas, and then you are explicitly framing up the conversation and saying, you know, this is this is what we need to do given the situation we're in. This is what I'm what I'm asking for, uh, and being very explicit about that, framing the work, so to speak. Being being really transparent. So I'm a big yeah. fan of sharing as much as I possibly can with yeah. every single individual um, in the organisation. And I think it's also incredibly important to understand with, within yourself that pressure is not it doesn't lead to performance. You know, especially psychological uh, pressure, fear. Um, literally, unless you, you're telling somebody to run out of the building because it's on fire, mm-hmm. you should never put that much pressure on anyone because they're not going to show up great. So in any work environment that is a little bit more complex, where you have to engage, like it's the case for me with customers on the outside, um, you can't put people under pressure because it's not going to lead to the outcome you you want, on, on the contrary. And, and analyzing your your kind of instinct, your lower instinct to put pressure because you are under pressure, but then understanding that you're going to achieve the opposite, really thinking that through as a leader is uh, incredibly important. And it will, you know, it will free you to say, well, you know, whatever we hit, my chances are higher if I encourage people uh, and and spend more time with them than if I pull back and and, and take out the stick rather than the carrot. Yeah, yeah. And... uh... And yet I hear you can do that, Julia, because you've set the expectations up front. So you've been very clear about what's expected. And then that allows you to then not have to bring out the stick and really focus on what conversation do I need to have in this moment with this person to get the best from them? Would that be true? Yeah, yeah um, exactly. So I think that's the, the my, my main message here is do your homework, invest the time in thinking these things through. 
and then you will have the ability to, to flex in those situations. If not, you know, you will have to do a harder piece of work in terms of revisiting um, the way you, you, you show up as a leadership yeah. team. Great. I think that brings us really nicely to my last question then, Julia, which is as you as you consider how best to cultivate both accountability and psychological safety to really keep working towards that high performing team. Can you share three tips for the listeners to take away? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, it's more or less a summary of what some of the things we've just um, discussed. So I think the first thing is scan your own uh, emotions as a leader and be clear on your values, your leadership style. You know, that has to be congruent and people need to know what to expect. It's like a parent, you know, <laughs> parents have to be strict, but they do, you know, if they're consistent, children will be fine. They'll be safe. Um, and I think that's the first thing. Um, you need to role model what you want to see. And if you're the leader of a leadership team, you need to create that culture within that team. I think the other one is to, um, when there's a pressure, pressure situation, just use your own strengths as a leader. Um, you need to be aware of what those are and harness them even more. Uh, and then if you should know your team strengths and harness those. So it's really the positive, bring out the best in everyone by harnessing the best in everyone. Um, and I think the last one I would say is trust, you know, trust people to want to um, deliver and to want to do the right thing. You know, the, the upside of micromanaging is so small mm. and the downside is so big. And um, so, yeah, if you, if, you, if you micromanage people, they will become risk averse, uh, they won't deliver great outcomes and they won't run extra mile, miles. So let them be, trust them, but, but do spend a lot of time with them uh, so you can identify um, those strengths. Fantastic. What great tips uh, for, for our listeners to take away and to mull over and, uh, and to really put into practice. Julia, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Really enjoyed the conversation today. Thanks, Sheila. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. You've just been listening to the second series of Psychological Safety in Teams podcast with me, your host, Sheila Worry. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do go over to my website, eiexecutive.com.au, and there you will find the episodes from both series one and two. Thanks for listening. I wish you all the best.